Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Josh, pastor at Madisonville Church of God. Be sure to check out our podcast, Wandering WA, as an Apple, Wandering in Hope. And uh, if you feel like you don't have time to sit down and watch the video, you can plug in the podcast, subscribe to it, plug into it, mowing your yard, washing your dishes. You, you can still get some encouragement and some and some challenge with Scripture. Um, all right, so we're tackling the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to go to the first one. We'll take them in line. Um, love is is the first one that Paul mentions in Galatians 5.22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right, so that's verses 22 and 23. All right, so love is the number one uh, in our list. I'm telling my church, and I'm going to say that in, 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 in this first segment with love as we go through the fruit uh, individually. You know, there's there's two types of trees uh, that you don't want to be. Uh, when we're talking about the fruit of uh, uh, of the spirit, we're talking about being a fruitful tree. There's two types of trees you don't want to be. One is a tree. I do landscaping for a living. I've seen both of these. Uh, one is a tree that's too shallow. You plant a tree too shallow, and what happens is the first good storm comes along. Guess what? The tree's, you know, I mean, it falls over, man. It can't stand up. All right? Simple enough. All right, now the next one's a little more nuanced, okay? Sometimes you can plant a tree too deep. When you plant a tree too deep, here's what happens. When you're the way you're supposed to plant a tree is okay. So you got you got the uh, you got the trunk goes up all right, and branches start coming. All right, down at the base of the trunk is where the root ball is. All right, that big round heavy thing, packed dirt all the way around it. All right, when you plant a tree, what you're supposed to do is start pulling all that back until you get to the root flare. At at that trunk, there will be a place where it will begin to branch out like this, and you can see the the the, the root system beginning to 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 uh, to uh, spread out in different directions. Okay, you want that to set. At what we call finish grade, like, you know, just a little bit above the ground, above finish grade, okay? This lets the tree breathe, it helps it retain moisture at the right uh, level, and it helps its root system to actually grow out to drip line, okay? All right? So ever how wide the tree is up in its canopy, that's where the roots need to go out to, all right? If you plant a tree too deep, guess what happens? The tree says, oh, there's plenty of moisture retention right here. I don't need to go anywhere, but it's still got to grow. How many of you know, like, sanctification, we talk about sanctification. With sanctification, there's no pause button. You're growing always. You might be growing just in the wrong direction, all right? So that root's still got to grow. So what it does is it says, okay, I don't have to grow out here, way out here over drip line. What I can do is just live right here, and so it, so, so it starts growing around goes around the base of that tree and eventually it'll choke the tree out. There are Christians that are planted too shallow. What I'm, you know, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the Christians that think that just going to church on Sunday morning is all the spiritual nourishment that they need in their life. Oh, 
Did I say that? Check, my check. Oh, my bad. Okay. Move on. There are Christians that are planted way too deep. Huh? Now, this one may offend somebody, but this is the truth. There are Christians that are so super spiritual that they're not practical for the people out there that are really hurting. If you're so spiritual, and what I mean by that is, like if your holiness is, is, is like a chip you wear on your sleeve to a degree that you cannot relate to people in the world who are hurting, oh man, you planted too deep. Eventually time will catch up to you. And that root system that you've taught yourself to grow is going to undergird you. That girdling root's going to wrap around your life and choke you out. So those are the two trees we don't want to be. We want to be a tree that produces love. All right. Uh, there's a guy named uh, George Crane, and Crane was a, a minister, and he counseled people quite a bit. Uh, he had a woman that came to him one day, and she said, I hate my husband. <laughs> and Crane said, all right. And he said, well, what do you want to do about it? She said, I want to divorce him. She said, but I don't want to just divorce him. She said, I want to hurt him worse than he ever hurt me in all of our years. Crane said, I'll tell you what to do. He said, you go home and you act like he's the best thing since sliced bread. You tell him, honey, I will. Honey, you're handsome. You tell him you love him every day. Uh, buy him a gift maybe, but just pamper the hound out of him. And then one day you come home and you just tell him, hey, house a little empty because I've packed up and I'm gone. Just drop it on him like an atom bomb. That'll really do it. And she left out of that day. She was spry. And she thought, I've got this figured out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set him up for the biggest heartbreak ever in his life. A couple of months went by. He hadn't heard from the lady. So he calls her up one day. He says, hey. He says, haven't heard from you. Just wondering, checking in, wondering how things are going. How's your life now? Imagine you're single by now. She said, oh, no. She said, I didn't leave my husband. He said, do what? She said, yeah. She said, you know what? She said, I actually discovered that I love that guy. <laughs> he laughed, you know, to himself, and he thought, mission accomplished, hung up the phone. What happened in that story? All right, when I counsel with marriage uh, or with, with young couples that are wanting to get married, it's one of the things I tell them. Love, the fruit of love, is often uh, a fruit that sours on our vines. And the reason why is because we think that love terminates with us. In other words, we think that the act of loving is, is something that takes place because of it, it makes us feel good. It makes us, you know, pleased. Okay? The truth about love is that love is a disciplined action. And sometimes it takes motion to produce emotion. That's what happened in case of this lady with her husband, all right, that she thought she hated. So what I tell these young couples when I do marital counseling with them, I tell them love is not something that Cupid does to you. Love is not magic, all right? Love is not what Cosmopolitan has made it out to be. Love is not what romance novels have turned it into. 
Love is a deliberate action that you make every day of your life, regardless of circumstance and consequence, that you will love whoever, whomever, whoever that person is that the love goes to. You're making a deliberate decision in your life. I'm going to love them. I know I'm not always lovable, but my wife has not killed me yet. All right? Thank God I can, we got a little boy together now. That's uh, you know I got a little collateral there with him. Uh, she probably wouldn't got rid of me already. I know there are days when I make my wife angry. I know there are days when I upset her. I know there are days when I frustrate her. But she chooses to love me anyway. That's the beauty of love. All right. That's why love transcends every experience in life. Every emotion that we go through, all of the thoughts that we harbor in our mind, love cuts and transcends through all of those things because it says with reckless abandon, I'm going to choose to do this today. I'm going to choose to love. All right. Okay. Let's check out, you know, in Scripture, there's different words that are used for love. I'm not going to delve into all that. Uh, what I just want to do is simply show you how that love is a decision that you make. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, Paul says this. Now, I want you to listen. I'm going to read this sort of slow. This, this is powerful. This is so powerful. This is what Paul says, okay? Love is patient and kind. Oh, those are fruit of the Spirit. What about that? Ain't that crazy? Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now listen to this. This this really, really gets you. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. All right. Newsflash. You ever heard somebody say, well, I fell in love? You know? It used to be a country song said, I fell in love. I ain't going to try to sing. I did that a couple Sundays ago. It didn't go over so good. Um, there's no such thing as falling in love. It's like I'm walking along one day. I see this, you know, I saw, saw see my wife. I'm like, oh, man, she's smoking hot. Boom. <laughs> I just fell in a hole. And we colored it love. No, it don't work like that. You know, like you hear people say the same. It makes it convenient when you want to get rid of somebody, though. All you got to say is, I fell out of love. Now, that don't make sense to me. Like, you fell into love. How you falling again deeper? But this time it's not. It's the opposite direction. It never makes sense. But anyway, people say this. I fell in love, fell out of love. They know such thing. Love is a deliberate choice that we make, consciously. All right, they, God don't put you in a chokehold and make you tap. Okay, God don't put ammonia to your face, make you pass out, and He does some crazy spell on you. And it's like, oh, I woke up today loving my brother, or loving my sister, or loving my coworkers. That's just craziest thing. Think about it. It's the craziest thing. It don't work like that. I'll tell you what. When people say I fell in love, I'll tell you what that is. It's sexual attraction. This is why the majority of marriages fail today. They see, oh man, look at that chick. She's hot. I think I'll date her. I'd be proud to be seen with her. 
Look at that handsome, strapping young man. You know, you don't realize in 20 years he's going to have, you know, 36% body fat, hair all over his back, roll out of bed with the kind of breath that kill a dragon. You know, you, you ain't seen her without her makeup yet. Come on now. Let's just be real. And, and that's what we call falling in love. It's the mystique of that presentation of people at their best on the outward that we buy into. We buy in to the stage show. We buy into it. And that is an enrapturing thing. It's an emotional roller coaster. It's a rush of adrenaline. It's all of those things that charge us to a degree that we commit. Okay? But real love says, oh, yeah, man, you ain't the guy you was 20 years ago, but I love you more today than I did back then. Yeah, honey, you don't look like you did when you was a cheerleader, but man, I love you more today than I did back then. People say, how does that happen? It happens because they have learned to love deeper because they've made that decision every day of their life. Love's a decision. It's not magic. Ain't no such thing as love, potion number nine. All that's an illusion. So here's what I tell you. If you want to gauge the success of bearing the fruit of love in your life, you're going to have to be deliberate about it. It won't happen like magic. You're not going to wake up one day and just say, I think I do love my wife more. I think I do love my sister more. I think I do love my parents more. It don't happen like that. Motion will create the emotion. You've got to move and decide to love. I want to read something to you from C.S. Lewis. Lewis talks about the weight of glory, and he actually wrote a sermon called The Weight of Glory. Uh, some regard it as probably his greatest sermon that he, ever, that he ever wrote. He says in Weight of Glory that there, there is this weight that we bear, but in a good way. And he says it's so great we can scarcely believe it is ours in Christ. He, you know what it is? Th this awesome weight of glory that we bear? He says it's to hear these words, Well done, good and faithful servant. To please God, to be a real ingredient, Lewis says, in the divine happiness. To be loved by God, not merely pitied. God didn't have pity on you. That's not why He saved you and redeemed you. God redeemed you because God is love. And He loved you so much that He gave His Son to die for you on the cross. God didn't pity us, but delighted in us as an artist delights in His work or a father in a son. It seems impossible, Lewis says. A weight or burden of glory which our thoughts can hardly sustain. But so it is. You think about that. The next time you think, I can't love them. They awful. They ugly. They smelly. They foul mouth. They hateful. They impatient. They rude. They'll cheat you. <laughs> they can't be trusted. The next time you think, I cannot love that person, you remember it wasn't magic that caused God to love you. If anything, God saw you for this, just the wretched, poor worm that you were. I know He did me. And God said, I have chosen you anyway. I've chosen you anyway.
hey man, let me tell you something. There's no greater weight that you'll ever bear in your life than to be part of the divine happiness of God. Let's be part of that happiness in the people who live around us too. This is Pastor Josh. We'll be picking back up, moving through the fruit of the Spirit. Check us out. Check out the podcast, Wandering in Hope. We love you. We hope you love back. <laughs>